Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is December 12th, 2020. Almost Christmas time. One day before we play the Minnesota Vikings at Raymond James Stadium, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to have some uh, information on that. Got a good show for you today. We're going to cover the Kansas City game. Got finished watching the All-22. Had four-part videos out on that, and all the videos were over 10 minutes long. There was a lot in this game. It's a lot to cover. Uh, We got some news for you, and Molly is going to tell us what she thinks is going to happen with the Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, But first, before we get to all that, we got some fact checks and follow-ups. What you got for us, Molly? Okay, last podcast, we were talking about Raheem Morris, and it's been so long, our timeline was a little fuzzy, (laughs) or we just blacked it out. That's (laughs) probably more likely. He came, he became a head coach in 2009. In 2009, he went three and 13, which I did not remember that. 2010, he went 10 and six, and then 2011, he went four and 12. The what did we say? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. The Chicago game, the infamous Chicago game in 2011, it was not as big a blowout as I thought it was. We went 18 and 20 to 24. It was 18 to 24. Hmm. It was not that big of a blowout. It was a bad game, though. It was a bad game. I, th- I, I think we did some garbage time stuff where we came close. but Oh, probably. Yeah. We discussed Lovey Smith firing the whole offensive line, and we mentioned Donald Penn. You asked if he was still in the league. He is a free agent. He played for the Redskins in 2019, which I had no idea that that happened. Mm, now that you mention it, I vaguely remember that. They did not re-sign him in 2020, and he is still ready to go when Whitworth, the left tackle for the Rams, got hurt right before we played them. He told TMZ Sports that he was ready to go and that the Rams should call him. They did not. He's still a free agent, but he's still he's still trying. There we go. Hey, Ted Larson's playing, so... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Might as well throw Donald Penn in the mix, sure, too. why not? We asked, how many plays are the Buccaneers scripting, 15 or 30, and how many does the quarterback pick per the quarterback whisperer? The Bucks script the first 30. You were correct in that. I thought it was the first 15. It was the first 30. And I don't. I couldn't find in my notes how many the quarterback picks. I think they have an input on which plays they like, but I think B.A. still picks them. Although he said now Tom Brady's picking everything. So uh, Did he say that? Yes. Okay. And lastly, Gronk had his first 100-yard game, not his second per Ralph. Okay. All right. 
Well, there we go. We're not batting a thousand anymore. There we go. We had mistakes. That is so unusual for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man, I tell you what. I just got finished doing the Kansas City game, the All-22. <clears throat> and, oof, oof. A lot to talk about, a lot to talk about, but I ain't going to get to all of it. I'm not, I'm not, I ain't going to try to look, look, I've got, if you can see, ah, yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is very small print. It's five pages of notes. You might get to see uh, Ralph's glasses no, today. No, I'm sorry. It's nine pages of notes, nine pages. They're very small. So yes, we're definitely not going to cover everything. This is probably... In all the years I've been doing this, this is probably the most detailed game I've ever done. Most uh, most notes I've ever taken, for sure. It's just, it was it was insane. It was crazy. It, and like in a good way? No. Oh, no. And yes. Oh, okay. It was terrifying, uh, but it was also hopeful at the same time. How, how you square that circle... Maybe we'll get around to it. But yeah, it there was it was it, anyhow. I, let, let's let's just dive right into it. I'm going to start off by saying this, and this is this is this is going to shock a lot of people, but by far the worst player on the field. Oh, I know this. Yeah, you know it because you heard me <laughs> sitting here bitching every the whole other time. play. Yes. And I have never said this before, and I didn't think I would ever say it, but it was Levante David. He, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he was sick or high <laughs> or what, but I've never seen him play like this. Not, I, I, I've seen him make mistakes, of course. You know, everybody makes mistakes. But this game was just incredible at how bad he was he looked close to that justin evans game against chicago oh no yeah he was lost he was out of position he quit he stood there i mean he literally stood i think i've got four or five plays where he stood in one spot and didn't move i've got his tackling was atrocious it, it was it's really hard to explain at how shocking it was to see Levante David play like this. The very first play, the very first play, he screwed up. And then it was just downhill from there. Oh no. <laughs> uh I I I don't I really was at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words now. I've been thinking about this game all week and I just can't I can't figure it out. I can't figure out really anything about it. Now, Levante David is a very good player. He has been rock solid for us ever since he's been here. It's been, what, nine years? Long time? I don't remember. It's, it, it's been a while. I think he's the most tenured player on the team. And he's always, always been on point. He's always been a rock that the defense can lead on. But man, it just there was there was so many plays. I, there's no way I can get to all of them. Okay, hold on, real quick. Yeah, he was drafted in 2012. So it's so been eight years. 
This will be his ninth season. Ninth season. And for him to be, I mean, he looked like a rookie out there. So I, I honestly don't know what's going on. And it is shocking to me in one sense, but not shocking to me in another sense that the media has not asked a thing about it. It was so bad out there that, that he should have, the media should be asking if he is okay. You know, if he didn't have some serious issues going on out there. You know, and it's surprising because B.A. never mentioned it. Like, sometimes he'll call players out like that. But he won't do it to players who, like, can't handle it, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's very, very sensitive to people's egos. Yeah, so maybe if there's a... I don't I don't know what kind of personality Levante is. I mean, he's kind of quiet and... It's one of the things with Tom Brady, you know, with Jameis Winston, he wouldn't call Jameis Winston out. But with Tom Brady, he has no problem calling him out. And I think it's because Tom Brady has a much stronger character. And he's probably stepped to Brady and or to Arians and said, hey, when I mess up, you know, I'm not scared if you tell me, you know, tell people, you know, in the media or whatever. You know, you you can call me out. You can yell at me in practice and all that. Because <laughs> Arians, you know, said in his book, that, you know, he would never yell at his quarterbacks. He would yell at their backups. Well, no, he would do it to some of them, like Carson Palmer. Right, it was different. Yeah, he was like, you know, he's a veteran. You can't really uh, step to somebody who's been in the league that long like that. So he would <laughs> yell at the backup. He hasn't had a problem doing it to Brady. I know. Well, I mean, we don't know if he's yelling at him on the practice field. Right. Yes, but to not to not bring up David's play – is really, really a travesty for the media, you know, because, because obviously they didn't watch the film. You watch the film, but in, in here's a, here's the crazy thing about it is it didn't affect the game as bad as it could have. There were so many plays where he was out of position or not doing anything or whatever, and it really didn't have any effect on the play. The play was happening somewhere else or whatever, but just the, the fact that he was doing that, it was just shocking. There was there was one instance, and I put some of these in the videos that I did, but not all of them. There there was one instance we were down at the goal line, and we were running man coverage, and he, there was Devin White and uh, Levante David were right beside each other, and it looked to me, I mean, when you when you line up man coverage, Devin White had to tie it in. I mean. Uh, Devin White had the inside tight end. Levante David had the outside tight end. Well, when they ran, Devin White, you know, he stayed with the inside tight end. And Levante David looked like he was, they thought it was zone because he just let his tight end run right past him. And he was wide open in the back of the end zone. And Mahomes ran to the, you know, kind of bootlegged out to the right. And went to throw it at that tight end. And David like realized what was going on. And he turned around and ran towards the tight end. But it would have been a touchdown if Mahomes, Mahomes ended up throwing it away, basically. He threw it way over the guy's head. But, I mean, it would have been a touchdown if he would have noticed sooner that that tight end was wide open in the back. But, but I mean, it was stuff like that all day long. There was one instance. I mean, Kelsey just blew David away in this. I mean, David, David had no... No answer for him, but it wasn't. It wasn't that Kelsey was doing anything spectacular. It was just David just was out there, kind of running around with it, 
with like a chicken with his head cut off. There was one play, and I put this in the video too. It was, it was just very shocking. He's he's man man coverage on Kelsey, and Kelsey runs his route. Well, we flush Mahomes out of the pocket, and Mahomes is over there scrambling, and so Kelsey's doing all this stuff. He's running around and trying to shake David, and David stuck right with him until right at the end. David just stopped, just stopped, and let Kelsey run. Kelsey got five yards separation from him and Mahomes threw the ball to him. And then David runs over there and misses the tackle. And it was a straight up tackle. It was, I I don't know how he missed it. I, I've watched it from every angle I could get. And I'm just flabbergasted. I do not know how he missed it. And that's not the only time that happened. There was a Le'Veon Bell ran a, basically ran out to the flats. And Mahomes threw it to him, and Levante David comes running over there. Levante David had him in coverage, and he comes running over there to him. Bell had his back turned. He It was kind of an awkward pass, and he, he had to turn around, and he was standing still, and he caught the ball. So here's Le'Veon Bell with his back turned to David, standing still, and David missed him. Oh, my God. No, and that's so unlike him. Like his tackling is probably one of his best attributes. Yes, and I'm not sure this is going to have to be a fact check follow up, but I think he's got the most tackles for a loss in the league since he's been in the league. Uh, I think Aaron Donald has the most since Aaron Donald's been in the league, but uh, David's in the top three, top five, anyhow. I mean, the guy does not miss tackles, and he's a, you know, he's he's very good at tackle for loss. And this would have been a tackle for loss, but it ended up getting like ten yards. Because Levante missed him and Bell turned around and just had free space and just ran. It was very, very strange. And so many times, so many times, the play would be going on and Levante would just stand there and watch it. There was a, there was quite a few times where he did not move from his spot. Like after the ball snapped? No, he would, the ball would snap. He would go to a spot and stand there and not move. What? It, it, it made me wonder, is, I mean, is he rebelling against something? Is he mad about Yeah, something? is he mad about something? Is he... That's unlike him. Yeah, I don't very... know, maybe something's going on in his personal life. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. There's something seriously wrong there. And that's what I'm saying, it's terrifying. I, you know, maybe he just had an off game. But I mean, and this is an off, off game for sure. But Like we need to watch it tomorrow. Yes. Yes, keep an eye on Levante David, man. I'm hoping that this was just something that, you know, I don't know, maybe he went to the dentist and he had his teeth pulled and he was, <laughs> you know, under some medication or something. I just, uh, yeah, the, there was a third and two. Mahomes runs a uh, option play where he, he, he goes to the right and the running back goes with him and he has an option to pitch it to the running back if he felt he's going to be, you know, if he couldn't make it to the first down, he could pitch it over to the running back. Well, we had two guys over there covering him. We had Whitehead covering the running back, and we had Devin White was covering Patrick Mahomes. This is so strange. There was so much strange stuff that happened there in this game. I mean, it was a surefire, you know, Devin White tackled Mahomes. If, if Mahomes would have pitched it to the running back, then Whitehead would have tackled the running back. 
they were both right there. But what happened was Devin or uh, at Whitehead ran towards the running back. Didn't even look at Mahomes. Didn't even look at Mahomes. Ran straight for the running back, and I, it, it, he acted like the running back had the ball because he actually went to tackle him and actually ended up just shoving him. Because I think once he got right up on him, he realized, oh, this guy doesn't have the ball, so he just shoved him. Mahomes, he, he comes, he turns the corner, and he does this fake pitch out, <laughs> and Devin White runs towards the running back. No. And, yeah, and you can plainly see Mahomes has the ball, and Devin White runs towards the running back. Whitehead has already ran towards the running back. And so Mahomes just goes, and he ends up, I think he picked up 17 yards or something because there was nobody there. That Maybe was, they faked out each other, like Devin and Whitehead. I don't know, but you could see Devin White as he's running past Mahomes, and Mahomes is running past him. You can see Devin White kind of goes, looks over and goes, oh, crap, he's got the ball. You know, just kind of stops and turns around. But on that play, Levante David is on the other side of the field, and a tight end – comes comes running out, and Devontae David picks him up. Well, the tight end falls down, right? Levante David stands there, and he looks over. Now, there's a whole mess of people, and Levante David probably couldn't see what's going on, but he could see everybody's running over there, and he figures, ah, they probably got it. But, I mean, he stood there, didn't move. And then all of a sudden, you see Mahomes shoot out through the crowd and starts running down the field. And then David's like, oh, my gosh. And then he starts kind of jogging over in that way. But it's just so strange for – you never see David do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's always flying to the ball, you know, and he was just – there was just so many times where he looked uninterested in playing this game. Mm. Well, well, maybe, you know, he was in desperate need of a bye week. You know, maybe just mentally exhausted. I, I will say that our defense looked very tired, very tired, so especially towards the end of this game. Uh, what was the time of possession? Wasn't it very heavily skewed towards the Chiefs? Yeah. I, I want to say it was like 30. Um, I, I think they had like six minutes, minutes more. Yeah. And, yeah, our defense on that last drive just looked exhausted. In the last play of the game, was, you know, they they needed, uh, let me see, was it a third down? I think it was third, yeah, it was a third and seven. There was a minute 50-something, no, no, two minutes and eight seconds left, I think. And they needed a first down. If they had got that first down, they could run the clock out. It was third and seven. They ran basically the same play that they ran on the first play of the game, a little like RPO kind of deal. But no, uh, Tyreek Hill ended up catching the ball for eight yards. They needed seven. He ended up yeah. catching the ball for eight yards. Mm -hmm. And it was on Carlton Davis. And Carlton Davis, he, was, he stuck with Hill, and then Hill did a uh, real hard plant comeback where, I mean, he just shot back. And Davis just let him have five yards of separation. And David <sighs> Davis did not look like he had any urgency whatsoever. And he caught the ball. And Davis just kind of walked over and tapped him when he was down. And it was just not, not very good. I'll say this. We got outplayed. We also got outcoached. 
Uh, they are a good football team. I would say the best team in, in football. They threw everything at us. They threw the kitchen sink, man. They threw the toilet. They threw the refrigerator. They threw <laughs> everything. And But I will say this, and here's where the hopeful part came in. Is we stuck with them, man. I mean, I know. I mean, for all this, everything that you're saying, they got up on us, what, like 24? I don't know. 17 zip. Yeah, yeah. 17 zip. They were ran up the score on us mm -hmm. and we can't not only came back but we held them to what one more score yeah i think two field goals i can't remember i can't remember two either. weeks ago <laughs> 10 minutes ago for me and i can't remember i know but it it was a closer game than what you might have expected mm -hmm. i mean you and i were worried about a blowout yes we were expecting a loss yes we're just hoping it wasn't right. In that too first quarter, we were just like, "Oh, yeah, gosh, here it oh goes. Gosh, yeah. It's gonna." But no, we played well. Now, here's who did play well: our defensive line. JPP Barrett and Sue played outstanding football. I just love JPP so much. Yes, I, you know, you just got and, and Sue played a great game too. Uh, they they're they're the reason our defense stayed in this game. And it was, you know, and there are veteran. Well, except for Levante, there are veterans. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yes, and our, our, our I think that uh, Byron Leftwich, or not Byron Leftwich, uh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles did a great job of adjusting, and they rarely do this. Now, I've been saying on on this podcast that we just don't adjust. Where we are, an, we are our plays adjust. You know, depending, we don't necessarily adjust our style of play. Our, mm -hmm. you know, our plays adjust in play. Mm -hmm. And but we we did adjust in this game. Now we adjusted wrong in some aspects. They were killing us with the RPOs. Mm -hmm. I mean, just actually slaughtered us. I don't I don't think we stopped a single one of the RPOs, and we just had no answer for it. But we did have an answer. We just didn't do it. Now, we we drop back our outside linebackers frequently. Mm -hmm. We've done it a lot this year. And that's the perfect defense to those RPOs. You drop those outside linebackers back, and it stops those quick slants, you know, and all that good stuff. But we, we had quite a few times where we just left the receiver wide open. You know, and there was nobody even covering him for the RPO. It was strange. It was, it was almost like, oh, they're probably going to do an RPO here, so we're not even going to try to stop. <laughs> That's how it looked. These aren't our fortes, so. Right, yeah. You I was know. Like, yeah, we, don't, we haven't figured so out we'll how to stop We'll take this playoff. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we hardly, I think three times in this game, we dropped our inside linebackers back in coverage. You know, it, normally we do it like 10. And it's, it was so strange to me. I was like, you know, you would think we'd be doing it more often to try and you know, clog up those RPOs, but very, very strange. But we did do a very good job at adjusting. There was quite a bit. We had triple coverage on Hill. It, it was wow. very, yeah, it was a very unique coverage where we would, uh, you know, have a man on him that would follow him. And then we would drop a safety underneath him and then a safety over top of him. Well, he did start off the game with like 200 yards, right? Yeah, in the first yeah. half, 
first quarter. Yeah. I can't remember. But then only ended the game with like 260. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. He, he was getting little yardage after that, but yeah. he didn't get any big plays after that. Yeah. We, we basically shut him down. Uh, but we had, we had a lot of blown coverage, you know, guys out of position. Uh, very strong. I was very thinking strange. about this earlier that I think it's safe to say that our secondary is having a sophomore slump this year. They were doing great at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I don't know if they got to reading their own press clippings and they think they're better like than BA they are. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe they're tired. Maybe they're, I don't know. It's a, uh, you know, you brought that up and I, I think you're exactly right. I think this team was very tired. Now, our offensive line played great. Uh, Jensen was back on point. He was killing people out there. It was it was glorious to watch. Uh, I mean, he was just slamming people and got a pancake in. He he was the only pancake in the yeah. game, and it was like a he did like a judo throw on a guy, man, just threw him down and then got on top of him. I mean, he was clocking people left <laughs> and right. It was good. Uh, Worfs gave up a sack first. First time that I can recall that he's no given up a sack. Yeah. Uh, let me see. On December, no, December seventh, Pro Football Focus College on Twitter said, "Oh, this on third and fourth down. Third and fourth down. They said Tristan Worms has had 144 pass blocking attempts, four quarterback pressures, and zero sacks. Yeah. So that must have come not on third or fourth down. Yeah, I don't remember when it came. I can look it up real quick, but that's okay." He did give up a sack. Is that and you said that's his first one? That I recall. Yeah. That's crazy. And he did get pushed back by Chris Jones one time quite aggressively back into Brady. Other than that, he had a good game. Uh, they all had good games. Donovan Smith, you know, he had a couple bad plays. You know, typical. Well, Donovan you Smith. know, with his ankle, I don't even care. Yeah, like just the fact that he played the whole game, I'm just like, okay. Well, there was one point I forgot. I totally forgot about his ankle, and there was <laughs> one point. I, I, I think it was during the interception, one of the interceptions, where he was running down the field, and you could see him. He was like hopping. He was oh limping. And I went, oh, that's right. Why He's is he still ankle. running? I think even <laughs> at that point, like. Unless the dude's right in front of you, don't bother, bro. I know, I know. Like, in this case, we'll make the exception for you. And it was so funny. Tyron Matthew caught, got that one interception. And he's running back, and he's just he's blazing. He's zigzagging through people and everything. And he turns around, and he looks, and he sees uh, Mike Evans is running behind him, but he can outrun Mike Evans. And then as he's turning forward, he sees somebody in front of him. So he slides down. And I swear, I know, I know he's thinking about this now. And he's like, that was the dumbest thing I ever did because the person in front of him was Tom Brady. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and past Tom Brady, there was nobody. If but you know what? That ego, like you don't want to <laughs> risk getting tackled by a 43-year-old quarterback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom Brady usually never does that. But he I ran know. out there and he was going to tackle him, but. Uh, I don't think he was really going to. I don't think so either. But it worked, <laughs> you know, because Matt, uh, Honey Badger. He was a body in the way. Yeah, Honey Badger. But I know, I know looking at the game film, it, everybody was like, oh, my gosh. Because he, if he would have got past Brady, which he would have got past Brady, it would have been a touchdown. 
there was nobody in the way. I'm almost happy for Tom Brady's ego that he didn't attempt it because that could have been ugly <laughs> for Tom. Yeah. No, we don't want Brady Getting hurt. trucked, I know. Yeah. Now, speaking of Brady, he had a great game, threw some great passes. Both interceptions were completely on him. Okay. Yeah. So aside from the interceptions, it was great. <laughs> yes. The one, I don't know what he was thinking. He threw it and hit that guy right in the helmet. <laughs> the guy wasn't even jumping up or anything. <laughs> anyway, that was that was the one I think man, the Honey Badger got the interception on, I think. It hit him in the helmet? Honey no, Badger? it hit a lineman oh, in the helmet. It. it was just an extremely low pass. and hit the dude in the helmet, bounced up in the air, guy intercepted it. Uh, the other one was so heartbreaking, the other interception. He, he throws it deep for Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller's covered. Guy jumps up, intercepts the ball. Tom Brady was being pressured at the time. Uh, he had a free guy come in, uh, 27, Ronald Jones. I'm pretty sure it was Ronald Jones. Got juked out. I think it was a honey badger. Juked him out, and so he's running straight for Tom Brady. But Brady had to get rid of the ball. He had Mike Evans on the right, man-to-man coverage. He had Scotty Miller on the left, man-to-man coverage, one deep safety. So you know right there he's going deep. He's going to throw it deep to one of those two guys. So the ball snaps. He he goes back. Did he choose wrong? Oh, it's, even, it's, even, it's even worse than okay. that. Okay. <laughs> he goes back, immediately turns and looks at Mike Evans. You know Mike Evans is who he wants to throw to. Now, I don't know if he was looking off the safety or he saw the safety, but the safety immediately ran over to Mike Evans' side. So Brady sees the pressure coming. He turns and chunks it down the field to Scotty Miller right with the guy right in his face. So he you know, couldn't really get all on it. And, uh, you know, it was a little short and all that good stuff. But the sad part about it is, is right in front of him, 15 yards down the field, was Tyler Johnson wide open. Dang it. Yes. It was so heartbreaking. <laughs> and looking at it from the end zone angle, from Tom Brady's perspective, he's right there. I mean, you couldn't help but see that. But he guy. already had his mind made he up. Had like, his mind that's made where up. I'm going. Yeah. And he had that pressure coming. So he just chunked it. And uh. it, it was just a bad mistake. Oof. Which I think that either ties Brady or it puts him over the most interceptions in his career. 12 was his most interceptions in his career. No, right? I think 14 or 15. Okay. Go ahead and look that up if you can. Okay. So we don't have to do a fact check and follow up on it. But he's closing in on it. He's going to beat it. I said he was going to beat it this year. You were like, oh. I said, yeah, he's going to beat it. Uh, he's going to get that trophy for most interceptions. Nowhere near <laughs> as bad as James Winston, but. I know. I'm just, I don't even care. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, The running backs did very good. Now, they both had that instance there where. Blitzers came in, and whoever it was, I'm pretty sure it was Rojo, got juked out by a turn, Matthew, and got pressure on the quarterback. And then Fournette had the same thing happen earlier. They did a double blitz to the B gap, and Fournette goes up to block one of the guys and just barely got a chip on him, and the guy ended up hitting Brady. Oh, it was 14. Okay. It's the most. So he's at 11 right now. Oh, really? Yeah. In twenty, those two. Yeah, in twenty eighteen, he had eleven. So it's two years ago. Okay, well, he's got four more games. Yeah, he can catch it. So he's got three more to tie. Yeah. Well, and we play the Vikings, the Lions, and the Falcons. So 
So there's a possibility he might not throw any interceptions. Yeah, I mean. Saying. Yeah. Uh, but the running backs played great. They uh, Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Jones played great. Uh, Fournette played great. They both missed one block apiece on a blitz. But this was the most, you know, I've, I've talked about this on here about how our running backs just have not had to stay in and block. This, this game, they had to stay in a block because those guys blitzed like all the dang time. I mean, they were bringing seven, eight, you know, six almost every down. But they did great picking them up quite a few times. I mean, they were laying guys out. <laughs> I always like to see that with a running back yeah, because normally, you know, they're outmatched as far as size yeah, goes yeah. for these blitzers. Right. And so when you see a running back get a good uh, block, it's always it's fun. Yes, it is. It's very fun, and they got quite a few good ones in this one. And I had saw somewhere, you know, in the, in the, the the Buccaneer sphere, you know, people were complaining about the the running backs blocking. And I said, no, you can't can't do that. Not in this game. This game. They're about a year too late. Yeah, right. No, this year they've been great at it. For one, I know, they haven't had to do it that much. And two, in this game, they were great at it. Like I said, they missed two, one apiece. They were so awful last year. Like, yeah, that was like rock bottom. Yes. Uh, tight ends played great, except for Brait missing that one catch that went right through his hands. And then that brings me to the receivers. Uh, you know, they're, they're like bipolar. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with these guys, but they're just not catching the balls. You know, it's we, we had just way too many missed opportunities. And that one with Mike Evans going down the sideline, beautiful, beautiful pass by Tom Brady as he's getting hit. By two guys that rushed in. I think that was one of the ones where running backs missed the blitz. Can't remember. No, that was Ali Marpet that didn't pick that up. But, uh, you know, he throws a beautiful pass. Mike Evans lost track of the ball. It just goes right beside him. It was that was the difference in the game. You know, if you would caught that miss. And yeah. that is why football is a game of inches. Yes. You know, one play can totally make the difference in a game. Yes. If if he would have caught that ball, and I've said this ad nauseum, it would have put us on the 20, 15 most likely. And, you know, that's a chip shot field goal. It, it would have given us first down. We would have had plenty of opportunity to try to get into the end zone. We're very good at that. So most, most likely we would have scored a touchdown. So then it would have been 7-3. Totally different game, you know. And even if we would have scored a field goal, it would have been 3-3. Three, three. Totally different game. But as it turned out, it, we, you know, we ended up having to punt, three zip. They go down the field, score ten zip. You know, and just and then the next series dropped pass. We have to punt. They get the ball, score seventeen zip. Mm -hmm. Dropped passes, or when I say dropped passes, to me, if if the ball is anywhere in range of a receiver where he can touch it, that's a dropped pass. You know, if he puts his arms up, it goes through his hands and doesn't touch him. That's a dropped pass to me. Yeah. Right, but, like you should have had it if it's right, right there. Right, and we had a lot of that in this game. You know, Cameron Bright had one. God, Godwin had a couple, uh, but then Godwin did have an excellent catch on third down where he laid himself out. Beautiful pass by Brady again when he was getting hit, and then the very next play we throw an interception. It's it just like <laughs> oh, man, that, that's how this game was. It was like we did some incredibly good stuff and then incredibly boneheaded. Stuff, right? <laughs> Like really terrible. Things. We were so bipolar, man. 
And I, I do agree with everybody, and we said this starting the game, that the way we were going to win this game is the run game. And we were killing them in the run game. Just absolutely slaughter them, and we just did not use it enough. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the announcers. You know, I, I never... The announcers, you know, they got a tough job, but they just talk shit. I mean, they're just up there running their mouth the whole time. Chris Collinsworth is the worst. I mean, he... He talks so much crap about stuff he doesn't know what he's talking about. And one thing that drives me crazy with him is how somebody will make a good play or a team will start playing good. And then all of a sudden he'll act like he predicted it and say, you know, I was talking to this guy in the pregame meeting and he said he was going to do that exactly. And it drives me crazy. I'm like, no, you need to say all that stuff before the game so that when it happens, then you can go say, I told you so. But he always waits until after it happens. And he'll be like, oh, you know, I was talking to him and, you know, he said this and that. Now here it's it is. Such it a pretentious, like know-it-all. <laughs> can't stand it. But Tony Romo, I do like, and he's very entertaining. Me too. I was excited that he was going to do this game. Yes, we were too. But he was just totally wrong in this game. Now I did the video on the the motion. You know, where he talked about complaining about, well, you know, the Buccaneers never put guys in motion. Which is interesting now because after he made those comments and everyone made a big deal about it. And then we realized, oh, well, actually, the quarterback calls the motion. Then people start changing what he was talking about. Oh, he wasn't talking about pre-snap motion. He was talking about motion at the snap, you know, in the play. You know, they just completely rewrote what he was saying so that it made sense. Yeah, that's not what he was saying at all. Right. Because he was sitting there saying, you see, there's nobody moving. You know, they need to have some type of motion. It can help the quarterback see the, you know, whether the defense is a man. You know, Which is ridiculous to think that Tom Brady, the GOAT, <laughs> who's been in the league for 23 years, has probably seen every defense that is in existence in the modern era right. would need motion to dissect a defense. Right, and yeah. wouldn't know that he could do that if he needed to. Yeah. Right. And, but, you know, I covered that in the, in the video and I, I wanted to cover a lot more of the stuff that the announcers said during that game that they were totally wrong about, but even in the motion, you know, we did run motion at the snap. We ran jet motion. We ran, uh, it was just, I don't know what those announcers drive me crazy. They just drive me crazy. I, I tune them out most of the time, but, uh, but we we ran jet motion during this game and lost four yards. You know, so I'm, I'm like Dan Orlovsky, who he's the one that started saying, you know, we need to run motion at the snap and everything. I was like, damn, explain that, Dan. We did run motion at the snap and we lost yardage. So how is that going to help us? I mean, it's just like, you know, that's that's not the issue. I feel like he's trying to be like one of these edgy, like attention get i don't know yes he's trying to launch his career as a commentator as a sports pundit yeah he's all like playing buoyant and mm-hmm. all that stuff uh, but then romo we, we had the roughing the passer call on jpp on a critical third down which i didn't know until you slowed it down enough to see it what really happened mm-hmm. and it was a total bullshit call yes the total bullshit. And Bruce Arians said it the day after. Well, he said it in the press conference afterwards mm-hmm. that it was a bullshit call. And then the day after, he explained it a little bit further. And he's totally right. He's 100% right. You know, JPP hit Mahomes' arm 
and J and Mahomes' arm pushed his pushed JPP's hand into Mahomes' helmet. You know, it was a glancing glanced and Mahomes' arm was going forward and his forward momentum caused JPP's arm to hit Mahomes' helmet. But he hit his arm first. Well, during the announcement, the announcers are they're just going on. You know, Tommy Romo's sitting there going, oh, yeah, that's going to get called every time. That's definitely a good call. That's that's exactly right. And, he, and I, I put it in one of the things I found interesting videos there. But I slowed it down real slow so you could see it. So even mm-hmm. Tony Romo could understand. No, that is not a penalty. It should not have been a penalty. And it did hurt us. It took uh, three and a half minutes off the clock. Gave him a first down. Well, and it caused an interception. Yes, it right? cost us an interception. That's right. Uh, so. Bunting got a beautiful interception on that tip. Toe-tap interception on the sideline. Mm. Yeah, so it really screwed us and... But that's not the only one. The last play of the game. Uh, Barrett gets hands to the face. The guy hit Barrett in the face so hard that he spun his helmet around that uh, Barrett's head turned all the way to the side. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's and, like the reason for the rule. Right. And that was that was the play that cost, uh, you know, that uh, they got the first down on third and then they were able to run out the clock. Uh if that would have been called, it would have backed them up 15 yards and they would have had to replay them. We could have stopped them and gotten the ball back. So, you know, it wasn't completely our fault. The refs did help them out a little bit. But, we, yeah, we just did not – we were so bipolar in this game. We would have great, fantastic plays, and then we would do boneheaded plays right after it. Our defense would play great one play and then look like a, a JV team the next. It was just – it was insane. Okay, so uh, I, I would say we they beat us in this game. You know, they they outcoached us, and they definitely outplayed us. I mean, their guys were just on point more than us, and our guys were just weren't playing good. We had we had way too many deficiencies. Our secondary, our inside linebackers, just did not just just not play that good. We had broken coverage. Our defense looked tired. Uh, 94, Khalil Davis, the rookie we got. Uh-huh. I want to see him play more. Oh, really? Yeah, that guy looks like he's going to be cool. something. Yeah, he was out there making a few plays. He didn't get a whole <laughs> but bunch of But he's still young and mm. he's rested. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of Vea in the sense that when he would make a good play, a lot of times he'd be kind of surprised after he got to a guy. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, or he'd lose his balance and fall down. Oh, know? no. Uh, he, he, he reminds me of uh, Golston in that sense. You know, Golston's great about, you know, fighting with guys and all that, but he just doesn't have as good a balance as he needs to have. So yeah. He ends up on the ground quite Kinda a bit. Kind of lumbering. Yes. Uh, JPP on the roughing the passer call. Mm-hmm. It should not have been called, but immediately after that, he took his helmet off. Yeah. That should have been called. Yeah. It wasn't called. Uh, he got lucky. And I don't think, I don't know. I'm like, I'm thinking, do they even call that anymore? I, I can't remember the last time I saw it. I looked it up in the rule book. It's still there. What it's like an unsportsmanlike conduct, right? Yeah. And but it's just not being as strictly enforced now as it used to be. Right. Like what's the like is it just any time you take your helmet off or is it you have to take it off in anger? Right. <laughs> like what right. is Which it? was he did. Yeah, he was mad. <laughs> I mean, if there was a if there was a you know, a penalty for taking your helmet off in anger. He he definitely should have gotten it there. Yeah. But th- that's what 
you know, I want to touch on that a little bit. The referees are not being consistent. They've changed how they're calling plays. And, you know, it's like now they're not calling holding plays like they used to. They've come out and said that. And in this game, our, our offensive line held a little bit more than they normally do because I think they, you know, they're catching on to the fact that the referees just aren't going to call it. Uh, the Chiefs held. We held. And, it, you know, just not a lot of holding calls going on. But then you got stuff like that, like taking your helmet off, the roughing the passer, the, you know, what's a catch? There's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just, the referees just are not doing a good job. <clears throat> they never do, but they uh, they need to step up their game. So I would like to see the referees do something, get, you know, we, I don't know. It's got Call something. more penalties? No, not call more penalties. <laughs> you know, to me, I I chopped the rule book in half minimum. You know, it's just too many, too many rules, too many complex rules, too many objective or subjective rules. It just, it's just nuts out there. Another thing about the announcers, you know, they were talking about how uh, we need to have more of Brady's offense, and you know, there, you know, there's too many vertical routes. You know, not enough of the crossing routes, the middle routes, the short dink and dunk stuff that Brady likes. Now, we said that at the beginning of the year. We've said it all year long that, uh, you know, we'd like to see more of Brady's routes being implemented, things that he's very good at, bread and butter, mm-hmm. especially when it comes down to crunch time. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of having these complex routes where there's more chances of screwing up, have these simpler routes. Well, in this game, we had a lot. You know, oh really? Yes, I did. It's the most that I've seen. Now, every game has increased with these slants, drags, crossing routes, all that good stuff that we never ever run before that. Before this year, you know, like I said, I, I went through uh, all season last year, and I think we had a handful. You know, and you know, every every game we've increased. Well, in this one, there was quite a few, and I mean, true crossing routes. So, you know, where we have guys designated to, you know, try and pick defenders off and, and uh, you know, good slants and drags and stuff like that. So these are being implemented. And the fact that Tony Romo sat right there and said that we weren't doing it when we were doing it right in his face, it's the same thing with the motion. You know, he said we weren't doing it. We're doing it right in his face. Very strange. Very strange. It was almost like they had a script planned before the game that they could uh, complain about mm-hmm. and then just ignored the fact that we were <laughs> doing the exact opposite of what they said. So look for much more. Uh, dinking and dunking and a lot of the over the middle stuff, you know, cause that's, that's Brady's bread and butter. And now he's doing great. He's doing a lot better. I thought he would with the, uh, the, the vertical routes down the field. I mean, he's throwing some excellent, excellent balls. I, I wish Jameis Winston would have thrown those accurate passes like that. Cause you know, Deshaun Jackson might would have caught a couple. They would have landed right in his hand. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that's my take on the game. Uh, it was very disheartening to see David's play. It was disheartening to see some of the breakdowns in the defense that we did. Now, I understand that the, the Kansas City offense is very, you know, they throw the, the kitchen sink at you. I mean, they throw RPOs, double end arounds, bootlegs, picks, uh, zone beater routes. I mean, just about every uh, pass play they had, they had at least three beater routes in it. They had a they had a man beater, they had a zone beater, they had a, a two-man zone beater. They had so they were running different routes to beat everything you could think of in one play. You know, they, they, I think the only thing they didn't do in this game was a flea flicker. 
Hmm. But I mean, they did a lot of so, so our defense had to be on point, and they weren't. You know, they were kind of in a haze back there. But it's just surprising that they did as well as they did, yeah, yeah. considering. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they really got stout uh, starting in the second quarter and played pretty stout throughout the game, but then. You know, like like at the end, that last drive, we needed to stop them, and we just didn't, and we looked totally exhausted. I mean, those guys were out there dragging. So, hopefully, you're right, and they just needed the bye week to rest up. I I honestly think that we're going to come out. I think there's a great, huge, huge, huge possibility that we're going to win out, and uh, we're going to win at least two, and that's going to put us in the playoffs, most likely. And uh, chances are pretty good we're going to win three. So I'm not concerned. And it's going to start tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> and you know we're getting we're getting really good. Of course, after hearing what I just said about that, but we're getting. Um, you know, I'm just sitting here saying that our defense looked like crap, but I think it was really more they were just tired and worn out. Uh, but our offense is really getting in sync. And that was what was lacking at the beginning of the year. And I think they're just going to get better, 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 better. And I think we're going to go into the playoffs looking like a very, very good team. Now, we're a good team now. We're not great, which you know, is kind of disappointing to me. I wanted to see greatness at this point. Uh, but I think we're going to be great. And I think getting into the playoffs, we are going to be a very, 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 very good team. And I think, you know, I think we're going to have a shot at it, man. You know, I said Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and I'm still hanging to that. You say Super Bowl every year, so. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. All right, you guys. You'll some... be right one of these years. That's how, that's my plan. <laughs> if I say it enough, I'll eventually be right. All right, let's go over some Bucks news that we missed for the week. Mike Evans was named the Buccaneers nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. So congratulations to him. They do, he and his wife, Ashley, do a lot through the Mike Evans Family Foundation. The Speaking of Mike Evans, he did have that hamstring this week where he sat out, I think, one day of practice. Um, BA said that he just had a scare and he's fine and is going to play. Wait, he got a scare and pulled a hamstring or the hamstring was the scare? The hamstring was the scare. <laughs> the So Tom Brady and Giselle have bought a mansion. <laughs> what? $14 million mansion, right? No, no, 17. $17 million 17. mansion. In Billionaire's Bunker in Miami. And they are demolishing the building that is on there, the mansion, so they can build their own house, which is ecologically friendly. <laughs> that is so funny. I Me and Molly I, have been laughing about this. I wish this I was for the making this up. Days. I know. Yeah, it's like it's a super exclusive island. Apparently, like Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump just bought property there or an island, and you know there's already houses. And what I was think it, what was it called? The Billionaires Lane or something? Billionaires Bunker. Billionaires Bunker. And wow. must be nice. I know. 
So so they're going to tear down a $17 million mansion mm-hmm. to put up an ecologically friendly mm-hmm. mansion. Yes. Yes. That's how it works. That probably is bigger and costs more money. And it's yeah. just, you know, it's just hilarious to think that a mansion is going to be ecologically friendly. Like, how inefficient is just owning a mansion when you have mm-hmm. a family of five like they do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get an apartment. Oh, I know. You know, three Like, bedroom. why do you need a mansion for five people? Like, what's <laughs> ecologically friendly about that? <laughs> Can anyone explain? Well, that you to have me? to say that stuff now. You have to go. You know, yeah. <clears throat> yes, I've got a lot of money, but I care about the environment. Yeah. So. So it's just funny. Congratulations on your new home. I hope I'll be invited to the housewarming party. I doubt it. Let's see. Jamel Dean is apparently going to be a game time decision, but. The Buccaneers made a addendum to their injury report on Saturday, which added Cameron Brait, so he's listed as questionable. And they elevated cornerback Herb Miller from the practice squad, so that kind of indicates that maybe Jamel Dean is not in great shape for the game. We are going to be wearing the red jerseys and pewter pants. So that'll be nice. And just a little love for the offensive line. They are second in the NFL in sacks allowed per pass attempt and tied for fourth in sacks allowed overall, I guess. And we are the league's sixth ranking scoring offense. Hmm. Wait, that's did you say the offensive line? Yeah. What are they? The second? Uh second for sacks allowed per pass attempt. That's per second best. Yeah. Not not like we allow the most sacks. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that's part of the Bucks communications. I was looking earlier and it showed that we were third, but yeah. second, third, whatever. It's amazing how getting Tristan Worf's totally changed our whole offensive right. line. I know. <laughs> That's a joke. Because it's not really true. It's Tom Brady. I know. All right, let me run through the injury report, and then we'll go into – or I'll do the injury report last. Yeah, we'll do it now. Okay. So, Levante David, he practiced fully on Friday. He had not practiced on Wednesday, but it was not injury-related. So, he's back, and it's fine. What – what do you? What? He, he was. He, did he didn't not practice, practice Wednesday because of right it was something. In, yeah, and it was not injury related. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Which is not. He doesn't normally get Veterans Days off. You know, like JPP and Sue, they always take days Man, off during the week. I hope there's not something there. You know, kind of worries me. We shall see. Uh, Jamel Dean, as I said, the groin injury, he was limited on Friday and is listed officially as doubtful for the game. Mike Evans with the hamstring, he did not practice Thursday, but was a full participant on Friday. Chris Godwin, of course, got the pins removed from his finger on Monday and did not practice Tuesday or when no Wednesday was limited Thursday, full practice Friday. 
Um, Stephen McClendon had an elbow injury. He did not practice Wednesday, was limited Thursday, full participant on Friday. JPP with his knee that is perpetually giving him problems, did not practice Wednesday, was limited Thursday, and then did not practice Friday. Donovan Smith was limited most of the week, but was a full participant on Friday. Gronk was not injury-related, but popped up on Thursday. He had a day off and then was a full participant on Friday. Sue had his Veterans Day off on Friday. And then, as I said earlier, Cam Brait was added to the injury report on Saturday due to illness, and he is listed as questionable. Uh, Minnesota has two players out and it is their linebacker Eric Kendricks which is apparently a big blow when I was watching the Jacksonville game they said he had gotten hurt in pregame warm-ups during that game and it's a calf injury so he did not practice all week and he is officially out for the game and then running back fullback I know halfback that's what it was Halfback. They, They're all halfbacks. Yeah, are on their roster. That's the Vikings, funny. they all have all their running backs listed as halfbacks. It's so weird. I know. So Alexander Madison, who he's their second string guy, he had an illness and apparently it is appendicitis. And so he is out. Kyle Rudolph has a foot injury. He did not practice all week and he's doubtful. So that's good for us. You know, he's their number one tight end. And then their other tight end, Irv Smith Jr., did not practice Wednesday. He's got a back injury, and he was limited Thursday and Friday, so he's questionable. And then everybody else on their injury report, they've got three offensive linemen. They're all fine. Receiver, he's fine. So everybody else is good to go besides them. All right, let's get into this preview. Everyone is talking about how the Vikings are kind of coming up. They're on the upswing. They are currently the seventh seed at six and six. They overtook the Cardinals this week, or after week 13, they beat the Jaguars. Uh, I am here to tell you I am not worried about this team whatsoever. They are not a good team. Wow. I mean, and I might be overly confident and you all might be super mad at me if we lose this game because I've jinxed us. Everybody's putting like, money down I on the bucks right now. Like it's uh it, it'll be like the Bears again. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they're like really Or who knows, Tennessee last year. Remember, I was like, Oh man, oh, yeah, if you got money, money put now. money down on Tennessee. Or on no, Bucks on the Bucks, yeah, we're gonna beat them. Yeah. yeah. No, no, they're all well, they're I haven't just, watched any of their games, I don't think. That was my excuse. Yeah. Well, we watched we watched them lose to the Seahawks earlier in the season. Uh, these are games that we rewatched recently. And then uh, I watched the Jags again mm-hmm. today. You had watched the Jags in the bar we went to last weekend, but yes. I was turned the wrong direction, so I didn't really see it. They started one and five and then have won five of their last six, which everyone is just heralded, like using that to show, oh, look, they're on the coming up. Mm -hmm. Okay. They've only beat one winning team. 
That was the Packers. That was the Packers. And we beat the Packers. And we beat so the my Packers. football math. I know. But, I mean, it's a division game, too. Like, I don't even yeah. look at division games like that because they're such a different beast. Yeah. And it's just, I, to me, that's not an indicator of how good of a team you are. No. So, in the last six games where they're on this win streak, who's this is who they've played. They played the Packers. The Lions, the Bears, the Cowboys, who they lost to. They lost to the Cowboys? Yes. I think I watched that game. I know. The Panthers and the Jaguars. Like, please someone tell me how any of those teams are representative <laughs> of the NFL as a whole. <laughs> they're the bottom barrel teams. They're the bottom. I mean, they're the worst teams in the league. Except for like, the Packers. I mean, the Packers are It's kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers are, what, 12-0? and 0? Yeah. Or 12 and oh, well, 11-1. Remember, yeah. they lost to Washington. That's right. They lost to Washington. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying. They're playing the NFC East. That's their I know. Division. Yeah. Like, then, nobody told me that. Everyone's, like, <laughs> bringing up how good Pittsburgh is, and they're on this win streak, yeah. and then you look at who they've played, and it's the NFC East. And right. I'm like, well, that's Cincinnati, doesn't... Eagles, Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, get out of here with that mess. Yeah. So, the Vikings have lost to the Packers, the Colts, the Titans, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Cowboys. They've won against the Texans, the Packers, the Lions, the Bears, the Panthers, and the Jaguars. Hmm. So, and, and a lot of those were close games. Yeah. Yeah. The Jaguars, 27 and 24. They win in overtime. Yeah. The Panthers, 28 to 20. And let me tell you about the Jaguars game. Mike Glennon shredded that defense like a wet, it was a wet paper bag. I mean, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Now, towards the end, the Vikings did come back. I mean, this was initially the Jags kind of got up on them. And then the Vikings did come back. They had some good plays on defense. They got a couple fumble recoveries. They got a couple of interceptions. But in general, it should not have been that close. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one in eleven, and this was, I think, I don't. Glennon hasn't been starting that long. Mm, two, maybe three. Years. Yeah. So I'm like, please stop everyone talking about how like this is going to be, you know. Okay, so a they've got uh, the rookie Johnson receiver, Delvin Cook. Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen. Thielen. Dalvin Cook. Kyle Rudolph, who, again, I said may not play. So what about those guys? Are they overrated? Not Dalvin Cook, but, I mean, and Kirk Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) Kirk Cousins. Not high on Kirk Cousins. He's not good. He's not good. I just, I'm... He holds the ball way too long. He reminds me of Jameis Winston. Like that offensive line, I think, you know, in the Seattle game. Yeah. Well, the Seattle game, they played pretty good. I thought they were pretty tough, but Kirk Cousins just will not get the ball out. And then he scrambles for like 20 yards and gets sacked. You know, it's just so Jacksonville, he did not look great. The offensive line did not look that good against Jacksonville, but uh, my opinion is that it's because Kirk Cousins is trash. <laughs> hey, you like that? 
I know. You I like just, that? He's not a good, he's not a good quarterback. Like, let's just stop that right here. I mean, I want I want revenge against him for the the you like that game. Yeah, when he was with Washington. You know, I think that was lovey. Now that I'm thinking about it, rubbed it in our face. I know. Yeah. So let's 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 beat him up now. If we win this game, uh. It's really going to put a hurting on Minnesota for their playoff chances, and it's really going to help us for our playoff chances. Mm-hmm. If we lose this game, it's going to it's going to make it a tight squeeze for us. I mean, we still won't have any problem getting in if we, uh, you know, beat Atlanta twice and then the Lions. But uh, I'd, I'd like to see us win this game because it'll definitely make it much more comfortable. I I do have some concern and you know, some other Bucks fans in our YouTube comments, you know who you are. I'm sorry I didn't respond to you, but I get like Bucks fans have PTSD about these games that oh, we yeah. are supposed to win that yeah. we don't like the Chicago Bears game. What? But this game I just the Minnesota Vikings are just not I might be too overly confident here. There is <laughs> no, a not. complete possibility. But watching them against the Jaguars, like the Jet it the Jag they made the Jaguars look halfway decent. And they're one in eleven. <laughs> like I just Kirk has Glennon. How can you do that? I know. Well, he Kirk has I'm saying he holds the ball too long. He's thirty second in the league in time to throw. And wow. that's all quarterbacks that had started the season. You're so, not gonna be able to do know. that with us. No. no. He holds the ball like two point nine seconds. That's his average. No, there's no Yeah. Way. Tom Brady's like two and a half, which it doesn't seem like that much, but yeah. he's um they're Minnesota's twenty first in sacks allowed per pass attempt, so they allow sacks on six point four percent of pass attempts, whereas the Bucks are third from my measure, NFL.com. Uh, and they allow a sack on 3.3%. So Half double. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, we do have to worry about Dalvin Cook. He is second in the league in rush yards. He's first in rush yards per game. They are. Well, they run him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's there. Yeah. He's a bell cow. And, uh, you know, we're the number one rush stopping defense mm-hmm. in the league so that's going to be a very very interesting matchup now i could understand the buccaneer fans that had the ptsd and they're worried that we're going to blow mm-hmm. this damn because this is what we do we've been seven and five twice in the past decade at this point and we didn't make the playoffs both times in 2016 we were seven and five went nine and seven missed the playoffs 2010 we were seven and five went ten and six and didn't make the playoffs <laughs> in 2008 we were nine and three at this point Ended up going nine and seven and not making the playoffs. So, you know, I can see, I can see, but this isn't the same Buccaneers. No, no, and and this Vikings team is just (laughs) this Vikings team is trash. If we if we lose this game, is that going to be it? Are we going to melt down? Are we going to have an implosion? No, no, I don't think so either. No, we're not going to lose this game. No, I, I they. Scott Smith noted that the their defense is trash too. Yeah, their whole defensive line is garbage. Well, now. they used a, to have a great defense, but then they got rid of all their guys. Everson Griffin and others. It's just like we it, have like telepathy. Cause that's exactly what I was about to say. Okay. <laughs> what happens when you're married for? I know how a long. Lifetime? I don't know. Yeah. Too long. Uh, just kidding. 
The yeah, they had a lot of churn personnel wise. They only have 21 sacks this season, which ranks 25th in sacks per pass attempt. So, mm. which you know, that's a huge diversion from Mike Zimmer's teams of the past. Mm-hmm. He's always been a good defensive, yeah. but like you said, they got rid of a lot of guys. Yeah. Did you know Hardy Nickerson's son plays for the Vikings? Uh, I thought he got cut. No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. okay. No, I was thinking about somebody else. I was thinking about somebody else. Yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me stealth Google this real quick. <laughs> there's, the- so many, there's so many players now that are uh, in the league that I watched their dads play. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of. Hard Nickerson was my boy. It's the reason why I became a Buccaneers fan. Um. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't. You know. I'm just. I'm overly confident of this, which is a little bit dangerous. But that Jaguars game was so bad. I just. They. What happened? Oh, both teams towards the end had the opportunity to, um, kick a field goal to win it, and they both missed. And that's what took them to overtime. And then they got in overtime. There were only like two minutes left by the time the yeah. Vikings scored. Yeah, know? it was multiple so it possessions. Took, yeah, yeah, it took a long time for somebody to put some points on the board. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, good. I forgot. Um, I think Mike Glennon got a state had a safety. They got a safety on him in overtime. Eventually, no, huh. in the during the game, he played good at first, and then. He, they did start to decline, and the Vikings kind of came back. But, hmm. I mean, the Jags got up on that defense, like, 13 points before Minnesota scored anything. So it was like they were just marching right down the field like it was nothing. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have any problem with their defense mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's really just stopping Dalvin Cook and not letting them get the deep balls on offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the we Jaguars did hold him to 3.8 yards a carry, although he racked up 120 yards. Because, what, they run him 40 times? I, yeah, 32. Good yeah. Lord. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. No, and they did hold him in the first half. He kind of got away from him in the second half, but he didn't do much to start out. Well, we do that with teams where we discourage them from running real quick. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota doesn't do that. They just keep running no matter what. Yeah. So we should expect to see a lot of Dalvin Cook being pushed on us. Hopefully our guys can stand him up. He he reminds me of Derrick Henry a little bit, but he's a little more shifty mm-hmm. than Derrick Henry. He's got the smallest calves and ankles for really? any running back I've ever Which seen. Which is surprising. Yeah. Huh. That's why he's always getting hurt. He's always, it seems like it's always lower he's lower leg injuries. Tiny little calves. Very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a lemon little, on toothpicks. Lemon on toothpicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of stuff I wanted to talk about, but we are pretty much out of time. We went over. Oh, really? Yeah. You want to keep going a little bit? Sure, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Are you finished with your... I am. Okay. Coming to ESPN Plus in 2021 is The Man in the Arena. It's a nine-part docuseries built around Tom Brady's firsthand account of the journey to reach each of his nine Super Bowls. (laughs) God. Uh, Nine Super Bowls. 
I'm not paying ESPN for that. Yeah, so. yeah no, no. there's no way I would give ESPN. <laughs> we'll torrent <money>. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Browns are on the verge of their first playoff berth. Oh my gosh, I know. They're like nine and three. Yes, looks like they it's might incredible. make it. incredible. Although, you know, they're in the same division with the Steelers. They're definitely not going to get the conference title. But and they've been the, uh, playing the NFC East. Right. Although right. I feel like the AFC is weak this year. They've Besides got us. Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Right, but Pittsburgh's played the NFC East. Yeah. And the Bengals. Yeah. Roger Goodell is going to attend our game. I I covered that in mm. the news segment yeah, the other day. You're plagiarizing my <laughs> you're plagiarizing <laughs> my notes. All right, uh, I want to give a congratulations to XXT3X4SANG3LXX on becoming the Buccaneers Club champion in the Madden Championship Series. He's probably got a real name. I don't know what it is, though. Okay. Yeah, those are always fun to watch. If you like Madden, I love watching those championship series. Uh, did you see Des Bryant got pulled? We talked about that, right? I don't know. Yeah, he got pulled pregame. He's out there warming up, and they come, and they make him retake, retake the COVID test, and he turned up positive. Well, he was pissed. He said he, t- he eventually tweeted, he said, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call it quit for the rest of the season. I can't deal with this. Well, he wanted. I don't, I don't know what's happened since then. Though. I haven't followed it. He wanted to play against Dallas, so they right. they pull. You know, he wanted a revenge game, and yeah. they pulled him in warmups. Yep. How did they not know before then? And you know, at that point, he's all in the locker room. He's around mm-hmm. everybody. Right. Why did they not pull everybody else that he had been around? I yeah. mean, isn't that kind of the purpose of contact tracing? Yeah. You know, we were we were talking about this the other day. The it is so arbitrary how they do these COVID rules because here you go, you got these grown men out there sweating, slobbering on each other. They're tackling each other. Their faces are right up against each other. They're breathing heavy on each other, and then they have to go to the sidelines and put a mask on. It is just weird to say. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what? Who? I don't get it. I don't get it. There's been 470, let me see, 470, yeah, 470 total cases in the NFL for COVID since August 1st. Not a single one of them has been sick that I know of. And none of them, nobody's passed away. And a huge amount of them have been false positives. We just had the other day, like uh, 10 false positives. Was it the Browns? I can't remember. They all freaked mm-hmm. out. They were all like, oh my gosh, we're going to cancel the game. Then they retested. Kind of found out it was false positive. Now, the Green Bay Packers have announced that they're going to uh, not allow fans in the stadium for the rest of the year. This mm-hmm. is Lambeau Field, the most iconic football field in football. And... The Green Bay Packers are the only team that are like fan owned. Like they don't have an owner, right? They're all shareholders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like they got a like board of directors. Yeah, it's like a co op. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've announced that they will have no, no fan attendance, but Packers employees and their household families can come to the games. That's insane to me. <laughs> I would be. Curious. I would be. I would be so mad. 
That would be absolutely. I mean, there are people that wait years to buy tickets. Yeah, they're they're handed down from generation to generation. Your your season tickets are like left in wills. They're saying, yeah, y'all plebs can't go. But uh, a special people can go. Mm-hmm. If you work here, you can come hang out, and watch the game. Oh, oh man! So you get a whole, you get Lambo Field to yourself. Yeah. Like each family could have a different section in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. Like oh, what? Um. Also, offensive linebacker uh, coach Larry Foote shared with the team. He said, "Hey, look, guys, uh, his first Super Bowl, they were seven and two and lost three in a row. We're exactly at the same point, the Buccaneers. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I was like, ooh, yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. Now he was with the Steelers when BA was there. Yeah, so that must have been with the Steelers." Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'll whip through all that real quick. I do want to say this. Uh, we can't let the Browns go to the playoffs and us not go because then that would make us the reigning champions of the longest <laughs> time going without the playoffs. So do it. We got to do it. Do it just so that we're we going to do it. could beat the Browns. How about that? Wouldn't that be something if it was the Buccaneers and the Browns in the Super Bowl? That'd be awesome. awesome. Oh, we would win that. Yeah. They're trash. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched any of them this year. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I just know they're trash. I can feel it. There you go. You've got that football sense. Yeah. It's like the force. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been a long one. We're making up for uh, lost time this week. This is a, uh, a case of Parkinson's law. That the more time you have to do something is equal to the exact amount of time it'll take you to do it. <laughs> We've had an off week here, and we've gotten less done than we normally do during mm-hmm. the week. I know. Busy week. So, actually, we're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. We're just not going to tell you about it. We're just going to say we're doing a lot of stuff. So, it makes it sound like we're <laughs> not slackers. <laughs> not slackers. All right, guys, man. I'm really excited about this game tomorrow. Uh, Molly wanted to do live, but I just don't. Yeah, we've got some people asking for live streams. I am trying to nail this one down. But I'm I'm weird about my football watching. Well, I can't be distracted. He's a weirdo about (laughs) schedules. He hates schedules. He'd have to have a schedule. I cannot pin him down for anything. Hey, you want to do lunch tomorrow? I don't know. It's going to depend on how I feel. That's right. You have to wait till lunch tomorrow. I'll let you know. I might be busy. He's his mother. Is the problem. (laughs) Well, mom's the same way. Mm-hmm. We hate schedules. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. It might rain tomorrow. I can't leave the house. Look <laughs> at get my hair wet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, on that note, comparing me to my mother. <laughs> why'd you have to bring my mom into it, man? <laughs> bring your mom in. <laughs> All right. On that note, anything else you got to say? No. Nothing? Go Bucks! We're going to beat the Vikings and have a great week this week. Victory week is coming up. We could use it. All right. Till next time. I already said it. Go Bucks. (laughs)